Welcome to Conversations, a podcast featuring conversations about life, theology, scripture, church, and everything in between. Hosted by Genesis Church in Mexico, Missouri. Find out more at www.genesisbegins.com. Welcome to a, another conversation, and uh, it's uh, me, Jeff Stott, with Kate Shaw again, and we are doing a series on anxiety, and you can catch the other uh, podcast that we've talked about anxiety on, you know, what it is and other things and the four spaces of anxiety, you know, where it seems to occur the most. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about recognizing anxiety. Uh, now, we we did this we mentioned this in a previous podcast briefly, uh, but we're going to unpack it in greater detail today because um, the sooner you can recognize anxiety occurring in you, the sooner you can apply whatever uh, strategies God has given to you that fit who you are in managing anxiety. Um, and so the sooner you recognize it, the sooner you can, uh, guard yourself against anxiety and manage yourself through it. And so, uh, and some people are horrible at this. I mean, man, they just get, they just don't even recognize it and it just escalates and they explode and they, or they make poor decisions. And, um, uh, I mean, there is, you'll see what we're talking about as we move through all of this. And now I do want to say this though, um, Okay, throughout my life, uh, I've had, you know, strong Christians. I mean, people who know the Bible, they, they worship God, they do ministry. I mean, they're, they're kingdom focused, you know, they, uh, they're, you know, they've, are, they've learned and are learning how to die to themselves and they care about other people. And, you know, they're very intelligent, they're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and on and on it goes. And um, these people have said, okay, Jeff, I, you know, I'm growing, I'm a follower of Jesus, but I still struggle with anxiety. And, um, is there something wrong with me? You know, and am I missing something? And, um, uh, and so what we're going to do is, I mean, that may be you and just, because what I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that strong Christians will encounter in anxiety and you have to remember anxiety from a previous podcast. We talked about anxiety is not a sin. I mean, it's just one of these things we encounter that, that we have in our life. And even Jesus confronted anxiety. I mean, remember he sweated the whole drops of blood because he's stressed out about the whole crucifixion thing. And, uh, which is completely understandable. And even at that moment, Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. And so, I mean, it was an indication that from a human perspective, Jesus did not want to do this. And so usually what's happening in, when we're facing anxiety is that we're use, something is going on that we don't like, but we don't want to do it. And it stresses us out um, or something we seem to can't control. So um with that said, and before we dive into this, I do want to, um, in this series on anxiety, I want to just say that there's different levels of anxiety and you, your anxiety may, you know, need more attention. Um, you know, for some it, it's anxiety can be caused by some kind of chemical imbalance within you and medication helps. Um, you know, I know a lot of wonderful people on anxiety medication. My wife is one of them. She's on uh, anxiety medication. And when she's on it, she's a lot better person. <laughs> okay. And so, um, and we're all for that. So, uh, but sometimes you just need counseling, uh, or therapy. Um, sometimes you just need a little reminder, um, uh, like these podcasts or, you know, can just kind of help you reframe some thinking. And, uh, sometimes it's just a matter of changing the way you think. So there's, there's a lot of resources that God has given to us that will help you manage your anxiety. Kate and I, we're talking more about chronic anxiety, everyday stress, everyday anxiety, uh, stuff that, you know, everybody encounters that we just feel like, you know, if, that if we can grow in our anxiety management, that uh, you'll be much more aware, calm, and present 
for what God wants you to do and for the people in your life. So, um, all right, Kate, anything you want to add to, to introduction stuff before we get into any of this? No, I think you covered it all. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, we're going to talk about the weight of anxiety. Um, and then we're going to talk about how to recognize it. So, in Proverbs, uh, not Proverbs, Luke 21, 34, uh, Jesus said, be careful or your hearts will be weighed down by the anxieties of life. Okay. So a couple of thoughts here. One is life is filled with potential anxieties and the anxieties of life are those things um, that everyone, Christian or not, experiences you know that place of stress on, on you and so it, it'd be stuff like you know uh stuff going on at work stuff going on in your home whether it's conflict or just busy schedules financial concerns health issues and the like and anxieties of life involve the you know the people you date people you work with people you're married to your parents your kids your in-laws all this stuff it also includes having children raising them disciplining them, providing for them. And sometimes the anxieties of life can pile up on you, such as being, you know, diagnosed with an illness while going through a divorce, getting laid off at work, car breaks down, and one of your teenage children getting in trouble all in the same week. Okay. So, I mean, it can sort of pile up on you like that. So some life situations that create anxiety, uh, we can control just because of our own decisions and how we do things uh or avoid but uh most of them we have no control over and uh what they are and when they happen and but god knows you will have your share of anxious moments so we're talking about the anxieties of life so kate here's a question for you and i what are the anxieties of life that you specifically think you struggle with the most i mean what are the things that happens in your life you're going that you feel comfortable talking about, <laughs> okay, uh, for the whole world to, to hear. But, uh, you know, what are some anxieties in your life that you think, you know, this is stuff that I notice on a regular basis that I have to, I've got to watch? Yeah. Um, probably the biggest one that I have is just unnecessary worry about the people that I care about. Um, you know, just, worrying about your kids, worrying about your, um, your family members and their health and their well-being. And, um, you know, that definitely is something that has always kind of just been there in, in my life and in my worry closet. Um, but also, as I've talked about on other podcasts, I have a tendency to get very super overextended and do um not very great at saying the word no so whenever i get too many things going on um just trying it, it does cause a lot of anxiety trying to not drop up any plates that you have in the air so just you know having too many uh things going on as well and then all of that makes you kind of not the same person that you normally are so then you start worrying about what people will think about you because you're not being you're not being a good mom or you're not being a good christian or you know things like that so it is a very endless cycle um one of which i am very familiar with okay so uh all right that last that second part uh, of your thing man that is me to a t um <laughs> So, okay. I've said this before. Okay. So the voice of it, one of the voices of anxiety, one of the messages of anxiety is you're not good enough. You don't do enough. That kind of thing, mm -hmm. the perfection thing. And, um, that is, that is the anxiety of life have, you know, the to-do list, get it done. And, uh, later in, in this podcast, I'll share a little bit about what's going on in my little world of anxiety, but I find myself you know, trying to do it all and, uh, and I get anxious and I have to slow myself down and be, you know, go back to that aware, calm, present, you know, being aware that, okay, I can't do it all. I've got limitations, you know, 
and letting other people do other things. And, uh, uh, I don't know the first, I don't know who said it originally, but the first person I heard say this was John Maxwell. I don't know if it was in his, one of his books or a conference I was at, but anyway, he said, if somebody can do it 80% as good as you think you can let them do it. <laughs> and that has freed me up so much because, uh, you know, there's some kind of weird thing. It's not like, I think I can, I'm better than them. It's just that I'm thinking, I want it done a certain way. You know, it's going to be a certain way, a certain time, you know, and, right. um, but, well, and you talk about the weight of it. I mean, you just really can't do anything as effectively, you know, if you're pulling a 500 pound weight behind you, you're not going to walk as well as you would without it, obviously. So, no. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, it's kind of, it really is just almost cutting off your nose to spite your face when you, when you get into worrying about this stuff, but you don't realize it until it's too late. Well, you know, cause you know, Jesus said, be careful, you know, don't let your heart get weighed down by mm -hmm. the anxieties of life. And you're right. right. It does slow you down. It does. And, uh, in, in multiple ways. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it can affect the way you think, slow you down thinking wise, physically you slow down cause you get tired and exhausted you know, and then you're trying to do it all and you're not doing anything good at all. You know what I'm saying? Cause mm -hmm. you're just throwing, you're duct taping everything, you know, and, yeah. and you're going to have to come back and fix it later. I mean, you just, yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, right. yeah. Uh, and I think there's a reason here. Okay. So, you know, he says, you know, be careful, you know, about your heart. Don't let it get weighed down. Uh, because that heart, the, when Jesus is talking about in Luke there, it, that word heart actually refers to your personality, your intellect, your emotions, your will. It's really who you are. But when you, when you begin to dissect that in greater detail, what you have is you, you find yourself, your heart is heavy or it gets overloaded. You will find it difficult to think, you know, to control your emotions and to make good decisions. So this is why, you know, we're also told in Proverbs 4, 23, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life and so i think part of this we have to learn how to guard our heart our emotions our intellect our will our decision makers against anxieties when they're happening because that's when you make some poor decisions that you'll regret later because mm -hmm. it's a dangerous thing yeah. and yeah and by the way since we've i've been we've been doing these podcasts and i did one sermon on it and been writing some articles and stuff I, I see stuff on anxiety in the Bible all over the place. You know, I knew it was in yeah, there. You're Don't aware. Yeah. That, uh, aware, yeah. calm, and present. So we are very aware um, of, the, of the stuff in the Bible about anxiety. Um, okay. So uh, I think we've already talked a little bit about how it weighs us down. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, we're still talking about this verse where Jesus says, be careful. You don't, don't let your heart get weighed down by the anxieties of life. Mm -hmm. um, so this little phrase, be careful, means to guard and apply one's mind to something. It's to focus your attention and thoughts during times of stress and anxiety. In other words, it's kind of like the person in the battle where they're just focusing on this, their mission and they're mm -hmm. trying to block everything out. Um uh, so, and the Greek word here for be careful was used to describe a captain that would bring his ship to land in order to secure it. So it doesn't drift away. Hmm. That's interesting. That is. Yeah. That's a, that's a good image. So yeah. I, I think that's ex exactly what Jesus is wanting us to do. He wants you to bring your life to the shore of his truth and, uh, and basically just anchor it there. So you don't get, so the anxieties of life don't pull you out and yeah. drift you away from. Well, or you, get caught up in the storm. You don't ever want to be out in the, in the yes. water whenever there's a storm. So yeah, I get that. Absolutely. Uh, so how do you, what, what are some things that you do to protect and guard yourself against anxiety? One thing that, I mean, aside from the, normal, you know, self-care, just taking better care of yourself in general, uh, being healthy, uh, sleeping, getting enough sleep, 
exercising those type of sensible things to help just in general. Um, obviously, the Bible offers so much, as you mentioned, um, as far as advice and other examples of other people that have struggled with it and promises from God to help make you more aware, uh, not just of, of your own anxieties, and what, but what God says about that. And, and so being, uh, you know, having a place to go in the word to be able to, um, you know, just kind of center yourself. I know that, you know, Jake and I, one of my twins, you know, we've spent several nights just reading um, through one of the books of Psalms that just is really on anxiety. And it really helps uh, him and me, you know, just to kind of read through those truths um, but also I think just having a general awareness in of your anxieties and knowing those warning signs that you start to give that we talked about a few episodes back, you know, knowing when, uh, you see something kind of bubbling up, whether it's in yourself, whether it's in someone else between other people, uh, or, you know, those type of things like we talked about last week. So being able to really recognize those things and be aware that that those are that those are happening and and being prepared to respond in a calm way or uh, being prepared to address it, you know, in a way that is in line with God's word. So you're not always going to do that. It's not always going to be perfect, but um, being being aware is again a huge a huge thing. So. You know, um, in addition, uh, for me, one of the things that I'm finding for me is, uh, one way that I'm protecting and guarding my heart is talking about my anxieties mm -hmm. with others, you know, so just, and a lot of times when I'm talking to someone about what's going on in my world. Um, I, uh, there are times where I realize I'm really not talking to the person <laughs> that's asked the question, <laughs> you know, and so, uh, I'm actually talking to myself <laughs> right? because <laughs> I'm a processor and part of right. the way I talking. process things is talk it out. And, yeah. um, so for example, I just thank God, man, okay. I got this discipleship group. It's me and three other guys. And, um, we, uh, we meet and we, uh, we're, well, we're okay. We're, we're going through a theology book right now, but we, we, it took a detour because they asked, you know, well, how things, how are things going? And I said, well, what do you want? You want the 50 cent answer? Or you want the $50 answer? You know, they said, <laughs> ah, just give us a $50 and just tell us all about it. But at, and then an hour and a half later, you know, <laughs> and I'm not kidding an hour and a half later, um, the, uh, uh, I thought, man, I feel so much better. <laughs> of course, I think I wore those guys out, but, uh, because Aww. there were times where I attempted to say, Hey guys, you know, y'all, y'all want to go ahead and get into the, <laughs> to the theology book. I said, no, let's just go ahead and keep talking about what, you know, what's going on. I said, okay. Um, well, that but, is important. I mean, to have yeah. people in your life that God can work through, yeah. um, for your benefit. I mean, having those people, accountability people in your life is always a good thing, you know, and that, that there's a reason we're supposed to kind of share each other's burdens, you know, to help with that weight. And so that there is definitely some freedom in, in having someone you can share that with. Yeah. And, and they were also a good sounding board. I mean, so again, I think everybody needs to have this group and, and but most people don't, I mean, mm -hmm. um, because it was, uh, it was, you know, for me, the deception group, it was a certain night and, uh, and it was also, uh, perfect time. And, you know, for that next time for us to meet and, mm -hmm. uh, but to be honest with you. Okay. So for those who are listening, all right, so here, here's, here's, oh, let me give you, a, I, don't, I don't call it a warning. I'm gonna just give you some advice. <laughs> all right. So when you're going through a bunch of stuff that deals with anxiety, um, I find that you have to read people when they ask, how are things going? If they know you're going through stuff, because some people, they, they, all they can handle is the five cent answer. You know what I'm saying? 
the quick mm-hmm. bullet point, three or four things, boom, that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have some people in your life when they ask, how are things going? they're they will shut it down for you and they will sit there an hour and a half (laughs) you know that kind of a thing yeah so uh uh and i'm finding with stuff i'm going through right now my life i'm thinking okay i I have to be i have to be careful because with what's happening is that it's all consuming right now for me i mean every day um relearning um or retraining myself and trying to organize and plan and you know get back to some kind of normal life and uh in the process of uncertainty and so when you know i i i find myself i was talking to somebody on the phone this morning they called and we're talking about something asked how things were going and i was i was talking and and I realized, okay, they don't have time to, they, they're not really asking for the $50 answer, <laughs> you know, but, but they, you know, but that's where my, my mind's constantly there. So, uh, mm-hmm. anyway, just my advice is just be careful. You know, if you're going through anxiety, you know, not everybody wants to hear it, <laughs> but you got to have those people, mm-hmm. but you need to have those sure. people in your life and thank God for those ones who are when that, you know, they, they, they know you more, they usually, and it's those people that you're closer to, you know, and Mm -hmm. they'll, uh, and they'll let you know, Hey man, I want to hear you just talk, just see what's here, hear what's going on. And also feel free to ask them advice, man. I mean, just say, Hey, I'm thinking this, what do y'all think? You know, here's how I feel. What do you Mm -hmm. think? You know, because you kind of get in the midst of a bunch of anxiety stuff and things look and feel differently and then than what they really are so uh, right all right so uh, how do you protect and guard yourself against anxieties okay we've done that all right so let's move on into these four areas or four ways to recognize when anxiety is starting up in your life uh again the reason why this is important is so that the sooner you recognize it the sooner you can manage it and uh, you can start applying some strategies to help you stay aware, calm, and present. Um, okay, so the four major ways that anxiety reveals itself in your life are going to be your thinker, your feeler, your doer, and your body. And so Kate and I are going to walk through these things, and um, each one, and we're going to talk about how each one of these show up. And then when we get through with all four, we're going to talk about uh, which one usually shows up first, the one where we recognize it in our life. So hopefully this will give something tangible for you to think through. Now, as we go through this, be thinking about your own life and how anxiety, you know, shows up in these different ways. All right. All right. So let's start with the, your thinker. So when we say your thinker, we're talking about your mind. Uh, You may notice your mind spinning. You believe you can worry your way out of, you know, way, way to peace. Uh, You know, if you've got a meeting coming up, then your mind will begin thinking through all the scenarios that may occur and you rehearse it in your mind over and over uh, what to say, what to do. If you got something stressful coming up, like conflict management, you got to address somebody. I mean, you just think about it, think about it, think Mm -hmm. about it. Um, you know, it's all signs of being anxious. Um, uh, in your circumstances, you may discover that you can't concentrate. It may, instead of just thinking all the time, it, you may find it hard to think your memory gets worse. You start forgetting things. You overthink, you rethink, rethink, rethink. You're indecisive. You can't make decisions. Uh, you find your mind going blank in the middle of a sentence. You're <laughs> just like, what was I oh, talking about? So <laughs> Or something triggers a bad memory from your past and it just keeps coming back and back and back because it's somehow it's connected to that in some way. Um, you know, it, it's just kind of hard to think about stuff. So, all right, Kate, uh, when you start feeling anxious about something, what does your mind typically do or where does it usually go for you? My mind usually goes straight to worst case scenario on everything, uh, first of all, and that is never a good place to be, uh, I will just say, so try to avoid that if you can, but um, yeah, I get, 
if one thing I don't like is having tasks that are unfinished. And so I'm one of those people that hates projects that draw out and drag out over a long period of time because I really, it just makes me very anxious the whole time they're going because I just don't like the unfinished pieces to it. What makes it even worse is when other people are in charge of some of those unfinished pieces that, you know, that like a great project that you have to work <laughs> on, that will definitely um, keep me up at night and just um, constant just thinking about it and just repeat, 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 just thinking about it over and over and over until it's finished. Um, that also, I see that in my own kids, they do the same thing. So it's kind of, you know, just, I guess I gave that nice little thing to them as well. But, um, so that happens for me, but also on the complete opposite end of the spectrum is that I talked about last time is that my memory just kind of shuts down. I start having way less recall on anything. Um, I will forget dates or appointments or you know um we'll stop being you know it's just my brain is not going to function as well as it normally would be when I just have way too much going on um because you get kind of consumed with the thing that is you know your brain is like all cylinders on the things you're worried about and everything else um sometimes even the really important things that you should be worried about like your family and other things kind of get they get put into the background because you're really your brain's just real focused on this one thing you're concerned with so um that's a balance thing I have to find for sure for me because I mean you know as a mom as a wife you have to keep that keep the priorities in your life regardless of what your anxiety is telling you to focus on so um so yeah that's there's a lot going on up in this general vicinity <laughs> with the whole anxiety thing for Kate Shaw. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what I end up dealing with. Uh, okay. So my mind, okay. When anxiety hits, uh, regardless of what it is, uh, I go into the mind mode of just asking questions and, um, over and over again. Meaning stuff like, uh, okay, so all right, what does this mean? How do we do that? Or how do we fix that? Okay, what it goes into a, a mm -hmm. to do list of controlling the situation. Yeah, you know, how do I fix it? How do you know, who do I need to contact? Boom, boom, boom. Or, you know, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, and, what do I have to do? Yeah. And yeah. I, it because to me, the more information I have, the more in control I feel like I can I can be. So, uh, all right. So like, uh, you know, not, I think by now most people know, but I'm not sure if some people who listen, okay. So my wife was diagnosed with leukemia about three weeks ago. So I started the doctors walk in, man, I'm just rattling off questions, you know, boom, 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 boom. And, uh, but before they walked in, uh, the doctors had already talked to Pam and she said, she gave me some information. I said, well, did you ask him about this? Did you ask him about that? She hmm. said, no, I didn't even think about that. And I said, how can you not think about that? That's an important question. <laughs> and so uh, she says, well, when they come in, you ask them. I said, well, if they come in, I'm not here. I need you to ask them. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, uh, so, uh, now we're starting to play this like thousand question game. And so, I mean, man, I'm, uh, so three weeks ago, you know, uh, you know, talked to the doctors, got some some answers, some not, you know, they weren't sure, or some, I, I think they just didn't want to answer some of them, at least not at that point. And so, you know, you, uh, for me, I go home get, now again, this is my mind it's racing. So I'm thinking of all the scenarios, worst case scenarios, by the way. Yes. Um, Kate. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, I start doing research and, you know, on, uh, Oh. yeah the type of you know so and i thought yeah. okay well, i'm just gonna go to the mayo clinic i'm you know i'm not gonna just do the general internet search and let me go to the mayo clinic let me look up some, some okay. a, like a real source okay <laughs> and so uh, went there read their stuff it was all horrible and on the front end you know and so anyway um uh and what's strange about this is that uh later on uh when her leukemia, they dropped it down a notch. 
the uh, Pam said, you know, I didn't even look it up. And I said, what? I said, how could you not look it up? <laughs> she said, it didn't matter. You know, I went, I don't even know who you are because that, <laughs> that is not me. <laughs> so anyway, so the whole spinning mind thing is what, I, you know, the whole racing mind, the thinker, it goes into overdrive and right. it, it does. And it doesn't matter what it is. I mean, it, you know, from wife having leukemia to child care to working mm -hmm. on my finances to work at, you know, sermons, you know, I've got yeah. to know the meaning behind every single word, you know? Um, I know. I yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So oh. go ahead. If you think about it, I mean, if your thinker is running overtime, that is an indication, at least for me, that's how I feel like it's an indication that I am trying to fix the situation on my own. Right. Yeah. I mean, if I'm, if I'm trying to just really focus in and give all of my energy and, and brain power to something, it's because I feel like I have to, you know, figure out the answers. Right. So that's, I think that's a big, that's a big problem because we can't always have the answers. <laughs> Well, okay. So I, I can't remember. Have we talked already about the, the message of anxiety versus the message of the gospel? I can't remember if we've done that. Yet. I think we maybe briefly hit it early on. Briefly but I hit it. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things is, is that, you know, anxiety forces you or tries to get you to control everything. Mm -hmm. And, but the gospel, the message of the gospel is that God's in control. And when yeah. you're trying to control everything, you're trying to play God in that situation. And we will camouflage this or hide this behind being proactive, planning, strategizing, preparing for the future when part of that is true. But somewhere along the way, when you are in overdrive and you're trying to, you're, you're trying to get all the answers so you can have all the scenarios and prepare for every single thing that's coming up that you can think of worst case scenarios, because that's what anxiety does. And um, yeah, you're just trying to play God. You, you're, you're mm -hmm. trying to control the situation. And uh, yeah, for a few days there, that's what I was trying to do, you know, and I, and somewhere in there, I had to slow down, but yeah. uh, I think it's a pretty normal response though. I mean, it is for, for our flesh to try to, that's just, it is pretty normal. Yeah. And the anxieties of life, especially around that, they, I could feel the weight. It was starting to weigh me down that everything that the, the domino effect of that, um, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, when you have a six year old and a two and a half year old, um, now mm -hmm. you gotta, you gotta come up with stuff with them. All right. So the thinker, the feeler. Okay. So when we're talking about the feeler, some people will recognize their anxieties through their thinker. Some people will recognize it more on how they feel for some people when they get anxious they're going to be uh, jittery restless on edge impatient irritable uh some people call this a racing heart um mm -hmm. this emotional energy is trying to find its way out of you know sometimes it'll force you to be busy because you just got this it's kind of like an emotional caffeine that you're on, you know, somehow. Mm -hmm. And uh, on the other side, though, there are some people who emotionally slow down. Some people emotionally, you know, pick up speed, you know, being on edge, jittery, restless, irritable. Some people mm -hmm. slow down emotionally. So they start feeling lonely or sad or withdrawn. They start getting negative, mm -hmm. uh, a sense of dread, maybe. They, start, they lose motivation. Mm -hmm. excitement for stuff they feel powerless you know so and they, they become sensitive easily um and even with that they may come because and they may come easily upset because they've just kind of gotten numb but yet at the same time they're sensitive so uh so for you kate mm -hmm. when you start looking at your feeler your emotions when it comes to anxiety where do you kind of fall out what kind of emotions do you have well, I'm looking at these categories here and I, I think I'm, I've got a little mixture of all of that. Um, it depends on the situation, but definitely I am not 
okay, let me just say that any fruits of the spirit that I might normally show, they start getting spoiled whenever I get <laughs> anxiety. <laughs> so, so that's just that's so the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, yeah, they just start going. It, they it, just all of it just so I I I oftentimes can hear it's kind of funny, but it's not. It's it's sad, but when I start getting really in an anxious mode, you know, I it I actually hear the the fruits of the spirit in my head, like joy peace patience kind of like just start like and so i think the holy spirit's just like hey, hey yeah pay attention to get... no i i get i get all the opposite of all those things basically so um i'm not <laughs> as kind i'm not as patient i'm not as understanding um definitely not as able to um relax which is not i mean that's that's just a, another thing, but you mentioned being restless. I mean, I could just lay in bed and have an entire staff meeting with myself. Like, I don't understand. Am I the only person that does that? Because that's no. just, I mean, so that's not ever a good thing. It, it happens, but it does happen to me. Um, yeah. So I, I, I didn't answer your question, but I did. I, I can just, no, a lot of these things really resonate with me when I get anxious. <laughs> well, okay. So that's funny because my answer is very similar to yours on the, depending on the situation. And also it depends on the longevity of the situation. So there are yeah. times where an anxiety moment can be, you know, just a few minutes. And then mm -hmm. there are times where the anxiety moment turns into a season. So, um, that's true. Yeah. So I have found that, uh, when it's just a short thing, um, yeah, you know, I, I do the busy thinking kind of thing, but I get restless, you know, because I want to take charge. I want to start doing, you know, yeah. so that I get this feeling of, I, I got, I mean, I've, I get this feeling of being in a hurry, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Where I've got yeah. all the stuff I've got to get done. So I feel hurried and, uh, racing heart kind of thing. But however, if it's a long-term thing, I find that somewhere along the way, I don't want to say I crash, but there's like an anxiety shift to where I get to the point where I, I start feeling a little too overwhelmed. Like in the case with everything wrapped around my wife's leukemia and trying to take care of the kids, juggle a job and dealing with other things going on in our lives. I mean, because oh, oh, by the way, so we're right in the middle of an adoption with Emma. Okay. Mm -hmm. So parent was taking care of all that. So now we're working on uh, now that's, you know, on my plate and, um, and then, you know, got Emma into the childcare, then she gets a fever and now she's <laughs> the doctor just said, you know, oh, she's gonna have this fever for four or five days. I'm going, Oh my word. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, so somewhere in here, I did notice over the last three weeks, somewhere in there, I shifted from this restless in a hurry mode to where I had these moments where I started just, it was like I was crashing, you know, it was, it, you know, like one of the descriptions is low motivation, low excitement, withdrawn yeah. kind of thing. Shut it all out. Yeah. I was just starting. I could tell, I was thinking, I'm just so tired. I'm so worn out. I just don't want to do anything, mm -hmm. you know, which is, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. so, uh, uh, but you know, being 53, it helps because, you know, sometimes you just have to get up and, keep going you know what i'm saying you just learned it that uh, you know i don't feel like doing this day but it's got to get done and so uh, anyway so for me that's how anxiety feels depending on how this how long it is and the intensity mm -hmm. uh, all right so we've got the thinker the feeler now the doer now the doer all these overlap by the way okay mm -hmm. so the doer is going to sound similar to one of the others but the it's all connected. Okay. So when, when, when I'm talking about your doer, uh, you may not really notice your thinking is speeding up or slowing down. You may not notice how you feel, but you may notice that your activity, this is where, you know, what I call anxiety activities, you know, this is where that, uh, you become obsessed about doing something. Uh, there's a compulsive behavior, uh, you know, you know, you, 
in small ways, you'll find some people, you know, biting their nails, you know, pacing, tapping a pencil on the, on a table over and over and over again, that kind of thing. Uh, you might find some people, uh, when they, their doer is they are, you know, they start binge watching something, they just shut it down. They just, the activity is they're trying to escape through uh, some TV show, binge watching videos or whatever. And, uh, they start withdrawing, isolate themselves from others. They're trying to escape, you know, uh, they're ignoring responsibilities. They're avoiding people. They become inactive, uh, on the other side, they become, or they become very busy. Uh, you know, they start cleaning the house from top to bottom, you know, working in the yard obsessively, you know, and, um, and they, and they're starting to ignore things that should be done while they're focusing on something else that's keeping them busy. Uh, or not busy at all, depending on, again, how you respond. So for you, Kate, uh, when you start doing because of anxiety, how do you, what do you, what do you do when you get anxious? I mean, not in the sense of like managing it, but just, you know, your anxiety causes you to okay. do what? So I'm going to throw you another loop here on this one because, okay. <laughs> because obviously I am some strange and normal things, uh, but no, I, okay. So I, my need for my need to be in control, my need to be the person with the answers, um, my need to be able to not let others down makes me become anxious, which it speeds me up like incredibly and it gets me super busy. Okay. And then when I get super busy, I get to a certain point where then I basically am too overloaded and get overwhelmed. And when I get over that threshold, then I want to do nothing at all. And so it's like you, you go from just like being super busy, super effective, maybe even, you know, might be pretty effective. And then all of a sudden you go completely back to square one where you have literally, you don't want to do anything. You don't want to clean your house. You don't want to, um, talk to anybody really I mean I'll I it's like to, for me I could even just sit there and just stare into space and not even just it's just like I will completely shut down and not be able to like know where to start on anything so that feeling of being overwhelmed or you know just having you know not knowing just what even to do next that sends me into just like just shut her down you know and I don't know if that's like if there's some clinical thing about that, maybe your brain's just like, okay, I'm, we're checking out. This is not, not happening anymore. Maybe that's what that is. I don't know what it is, but, um, I definitely could see the ignoring responsibilities part. Um, I don't call in sick, but, but definitely the, you know, like not wanting to clean my house or do laundry, um, just, Hey, let's have hot dogs for dinner instead of, <laughs> or, or just go through, just go in the pantry and look, look through the refrigerator, find something. <laughs> yeah. Instead, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only person that's like this, but yes, um, you're the only person like that. You're, you're, yeah. yeah. I guarantee yeah, no. you, Jeff Stott's not too far off from it because usually <laughs> okay. we have some of the same struggles. <laughs> All right. So, all right, Kate. So as you were talking, I mean, okay. If you're not watching us, you're just listening to it on Spotify. Uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm grinning while Kate is talking because in my mind, as you were talking, I'm thinking, I am looking into a mirror, you know, <laughs> as you were talking, thinking, have mercy. So anyway, uh, cause that's we're dangerous together talking like this. My yeah, goodness. Yeah, <laughs> we are. And, uh, because, uh, that's how I am. I mean, I go into overdrive, get it done, get it done, get it done, get it done. Do, 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 you know what I'm saying? And be busy, busy, mm -hmm. busy, busy again, just trying to control. That's what, that's what I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. And then it overload hits and man, it's like a crash and I don't want to do anything, you know? 
and I want everybody and it's like in my mind I want everybody to go away I want to be left alone I don't want to do anything except watch the grass grow you know I've yeah. got to like it's almost like I got to catch my emotional breath or something and yeah. uh, because I'm an introvert so um which most people find that hard to believe but uh, I am and so uh and I've gained energy uh by being alone which by the way uh is dangerous because uh like at the end of the day uh i mean i'm exhausted by the time i get the kids in bed and all that kind of stuff you know and get them ready for tomorrow blah 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 and mm -hmm. pick up the house a little bit you know about 8 8 30 you know so at about 8 30 and now i'm by myself and then all of a sudden i start gaining energy and i'm thinking i don't need to gain energy i need to go mm -hmm. to bed but i can feel the energy coming back you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and i'm thinking oh this is not good anyway yeah. well, i mean that's typical introvert though you have to recharge by yeah. being not around other people so yeah well pam that. told me the other day i pam asked me how i was doing and i said i said and, I, and the word i i've been when people ask and it, that's not so much true now but the first couple of weeks was i said i said man i'm just exhausted and uh just trying to play catch up you know and juggle juggle a bunch of stuff and you know and, um, and so somewhere in there, um, uh, the whole, uh, I, 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 oh, I know I was going to say, Pam said, well, you're operating out of your giftedness. And I said, uh, what are you talking about? She said, well, you're not, you're not using what you're having to do is not what you're gifted to do. And, uh, you're, you know, you're, you're having to serve by doing like making arrangements, childcare, you know, that kind of a thing and make sure contacting people, dropping kids off, taking them to the doctors, getting hurt, blah, blah, Do, doing the, the whole, you know, it sounds terrible, the nurturing thing, you know what I'm saying? And so as she said, your gift is really, you know, teaching and leadership and stuff like that. And, uh, and, I, and she says, you're not using that right now. I said, I said, you're right. And, uh, mm -hmm. and when you operate outside of your gifting, you know, you're going to feel what some people call burnout, but mm -hmm. it just takes a little more effort. And I, you know, and she said, but it's only for a season, you, you know, you'll, you'll figure it all out. And I said, yep. So, uh, but I'm starting to feel a little more normal. We're into week three, week four. I, I don't know, something like that. And I'm starting to feel a little bit more normal, whatever normal is for Jeff Stutt. All right. All right. So, all right, here we go. Um, Let's talk about uh, how anxiety shows up in our bodies. Okay. So your body is designed by God to communicate. Oh, by the way, are you okay on time? I'm, I just now noticed the clock. Yes. Okay. Good. Okay. Uh, your body is designed by God to communicate uh, to you and your body will, you know, your body will run a fever when it's sick, you know, uh, it will become sleepy when it becomes tired. You know, it sweats when it becomes hot. I mean, God designed it to communicate to you some things going on. Um, and when it comes to anxiety, there's no different. So your body will tell you when something is not right. And everybody, everyone's body reacts to anxiety differently. Uh, your body will react one way while someone else's will react another. Uh, for example, uh, some people experience tightening in their gut are they the feeling of butterflies they get nervous you know uh, for others their shoulders and neck tense up or they sense their jaw or back stiffening or something of that nature uh some people get headaches so uh so for you kate what do you notice about your body when you are anxious uh, well i think just generally all oh hang on okay you you've gotten muffled all of a sudden uh-uh yeah it's kind of sounds like you've got a <laughs> it's like you got a pillow over your mouth can you hear me better <laughs> yeah now? there you go now you're back yeah okay <laughs> i'm not sure what happened there That's it might okay. be my headphones i dropped at least one of them into a uh, pot of peas one time. So <laughs> <laughs> that was a nice. anxious moment. 
<laughs> Should have gone to McDonald's. <laughs> um. <laughs> nice. Okay. So how do you, how does anxiety show up for you when it comes physically for you, for you and your body? So I get extremely tense. I think I mentioned last time or the time before that I get my neck and shoulders. I'm one of those people that just carries it all there, you know, yeah. talking about physically, but um, I just get very fatigued um, whenever I get a little bit overloaded. I, I don't know that it's actually staying up late. It's just, just a different kind of tired um, that comes when you are just working your brain on overtime, I guess. Uh, but one thing I will say about your body is that, you know, they're really, I know everybody always says this to, to exercise and eat healthy, but you know, the one thing that I've noticed is that by doing those things, it definitely does help this area of your body's coping with anxiety. And, um, so I would definitely recommend to anybody that struggles with a lot of these things on this, you know, on our list here that we're mentioning that, that doing those things can help you to, to get through some of that. At least it's helped me. Okay. So for me, when it comes to my body, it depends on, I mean, this is kind of weird. Oh, weird to me. When I, depending on the circumstance of the anxiety, it will affect different parts of my body. Hmm. So, for example, um, if I've got a lot of stuff to do, a lot of stuff, like the last three weeks, uh, I feel physically the neck and shoulder thing definitely just tightens up, okay? Um, um, if I have something like, um, okay, when I was in high school, uh, in middle school, played sports. And I remember before a game, uh, we would go out, do the stretch and go back into the locker room. Now I'm, uh, in the locker room and I am doing everything I can not to fall asleep because mm -hmm. we're waiting to go back out, you know, to crank it up. And there, the same thing happened. I was on the drama team in high school, uh, a thespian, you know, and whenever we had plays or something that, or a competition coming up, uh, I would get extremely sleepy. And mm -hmm. um, uh, because of the anxiety about having to, you know, perform or whatever. And so uh, I would get, so sometimes I'd get sleepy. Sometimes I'd feel the on, on my neck and shoulders. Uh, I think I mentioned in a previous podcast, not I think, I know I did, where when it's like a lot, like early middle school, uh, going on, a, if I had a date or I was going to meet some girl I liked, you know, I'd get so sick. <laughs> so the butterflies in the stomach would turn into something, you know, where I'm saying, excuse me, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> anyway, uh, so it, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a troubled child. <laughs> but anyway, uh, well. so, yeah, so physically, it all, I mean, uh, you know, physically, it just really depends on the what type of anxiety, which, uh, be honest with yeah. you, I had not thought about it until right now on how different that is for me. Uh, yeah. Is, anyway, you, yeah. Are you a teeth grinder? Do you grind your teeth? Because I do that really bad. Oh, do you? you no. Yes. No, I'm not. I don't grind my teeth. Uh, at least I don't think I do. Well, at night, I found out I was doing it at night because my jaw started hurting. So, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I clenched my jaw. That's that's one thing that I think is a big sign for me, too. I did yeah. mention. Huh. You know, and physically, I don't, I guess I'll put this in the physical category. I also find that it's a physical mental thing. I find myself having a hard time when I'm under a lot of stress or anxiety. Uh, when I do go to bed, I have to be really tired to go to sleep. Mm, you know, yeah. I, it's like, I can't get my mind to slow down. I can't get my body to relax, you know? And, I, and what's weird is in my mind, I mean, here's the little strategy that has worked for me. I literally, when I lay down and I find myself, you know, with a rate, uh, a spinning mind, 
uh, I go fishing in my head. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to fish a lot when I was, you know, younger and had more time. And, uh, and I go back to those places and I literally refish those lakes. And oh my uh, gosh, it's so relaxed. I love being on the water. Just love it. So relaxing because there's something about, you know, you're out there. Nobody can get a hold of you. Uh, this is one place I used to go fishing in Alabama that, uh, cell phones didn't work. I don't know why. As soon as you got to the lake, it's like, I have no reception, you know, nice. I am okay with that. And so, uh, uh, anyway, all right. So you got your body. All right. So now, okay. We have talked about, um, your thinker, your doer, your feeler and your body and how anxiety reveals itself to us. Uh, so for you, which one tells you first that you're dealing with anxiety where do you notice anxiety your mind your body your doer feeler i think probably my thinker and my doer both of those things kind of together would would be mine because i I think my thinker causes my doer to, to (laughs) go into the, yeah. So I think those two are pretty intertwined for me, if I had to guess. And then everything else is kind of a side effect um, of those two things, if that makes sense. So the first two are probably making the others worse. So that would be my answer. Okay. So uh, can you guess which one mine is? the number one Mm. what do you think it is i think it's your i think it's your thinker as well okay Uh, you're correct what do you think number two is probably your doer as well yeah because i'm looking into a mirror (laughs) that's what i'm doing here (laughs) i'm looking into a mirror uh absolutely man yeah thinker doer and they're mm-hmm. almost inseparable. As a matter of fact, if I could have one word that meant both of those, because my thinking goes into what I need to do, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And then I start doing that. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, just as sort of wrapping this thing up a little bit, if, if you're out there and you're saying, well, man, I don't really, I don't, it, all four of those. I don't notice it until I am overthinking or just thinking weirdly, feeling restless or exhausted, or my neck is tight and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm behaving, you know, differently. Uh, well, that means you're just completely fluttered and you have no idea <laughs> um, how, you know, you're not there to recognize and self aware, that aware, calm and present, that aware part. Uh, we're, you know, you need to work on that a little bit and, uh, nah, not a little bit. You need to work on that a lot. Uh, I will say this though, if that is you, if you re- if you say, man, it takes all four before I realize, you know, or three out of four, um, I would just recommend that you just get with somebody that you trust and say, and ask them, how do you know when I get anxious? You know, what's the first thing you see, you know, am I asking a bunch of questions? Cause that's that thinking mind, you know? Um, do I seem irritable? Do I seem depressed? You know, do I get busy? You know, whatever it is, they'll, they'll, uh, you know, I I, I promise you, if they are close to you and they, and they see you under pressure, uh, they already know. And matter of fact, Mm -hmm. they, they probably know that you are anxious before you do, Mm -hmm. uh, because they just, they've seen the pattern. They, they just know it. Uh, so talk to them about it. Um, you know, um, all right. So, uh, what I'm going to do here is I want to talk a little bit about, um, something you can do an action step, uh, at least to become more aware of which one of these areas that reveal your anxiety. So the sooner you recognize it, sooner you can start applying management. Now, again, we haven't really, we've talked a little bit about management stuff today, but we haven't talked a whole lot. This is really, this particular podcast is under the category of aware, um, aware, common present. And we're talking about being aware of your anxiety and how it shows up in you. 
but I would recommend that you, if you're serious about this and you really want to grow, get a notebook, create a file on a computer or something, and just call it your anxiety journal. And in it, you're just going to keep it. You're just going to start studying yourself, examining yourself, evaluating yourself. And, and on this particular page, just write recognizing my anxiety. Okay. And you're just going to do two things. This is real simple. Uh, you're going to write down what you're anxious about. So when you get anxious, just write it out and, uh, you don't, don't try to explain it. Don't try to understand it. Just say I'm anxious about this or that. And I'll give you some examples in a minute. Uh, also write down when you were first aware of it and how you became aware of it. You know, was it your body? Was it your mind? Was it how you felt? Was it something you were doing? Um, you know, and so some of your entries may look like this or sound like this. You know, I became anxious when I heard the children arguing. I noticed I was anxious when I became angry about it. So that's, that's really that person there is they're noticing it, how they feel. Okay. Um, another example might be something like this. I read a text from my boss that sounded like I had made a mistake. I noticed I was anxious mm -hmm. because my mind kept thinking about what she meant. And I was obsessing over every conversation and project I'd worked on <laughs> recently. I uh, couldn't stop thinking about it. Well, obviously that's, that's the thinker, you know, uh, they're, mm -hmm. you, you recognize that you recognize it that way. It might be something like this. I was at church and became nervous about the crowd. I felt my heart beating faster, my neck tensing up and my breathing started increasing. Well, okay, that's sounds like a social anxiety kind of a thing. And so, but you notice it physically. Uh, you could say something like, my spouse said something on the phone that irritated me. I noticed I was anxious when I started cleaning the house aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like sometimes I feel like I could stand to have a little bit more uh cleaning house uh <laughs> aggression whenever I get anxious because I, I'm not fortunate enough to have that <laughs> I, I don't know if this is a legit phrase or not but I'm going to coin it uh I think there is something behind productive anxiety you know, what I call productive anxiety, you get anxious and you get things done, you know, for those who get things done, you know, so, uh, but there's a fine line on that thing, you know, I'm going to have to flesh that thought out a little bit. Uh, but anyway, so uh, I would encourage you to start that little journal and, uh, you know, write it out. Um, I mean, and when I say write this stuff, I'm talking just a week or two. We're not, I'm not talking about your whole life here. Uh, because you'll have enough within a week or two. And uh, once you start paying attention to when you're anxious and uh, that'll get you started and you can start recognizing, oh, okay. So I start noticing it through my body more, through my mind more. And you just start becoming aware of it more. Just like when you, you know, when you start looking forward, like when I first started, when I, the first minivan I ever bought, I didn't realize how many people had minivans. You know, but once I started looking for them, I saw them everywhere. And that's going to happen for you. Yeah. When you start looking at your anxiety in your life, you realize, wow, I'm more anxious than I thought. Uh, because you've gotten acclimated to the level of anxiety you have. And you think it's normal. And you think there's nothing you can do about it. But let's get it. Let's become aware. And let's work on it. All right, Kate, uh, any last words? We're going to wrap this thing up. Nope, but I'm gonna start taking an anxiety journal and see what uh, see what I come up with. So I'll hopefully have some things to share with you at some point. Well, uh, I don't, you know, okay. I, I kept an anxiety journal and uh, for a few weeks there, and I'm thinking about pulling it back out. But my concern is I have got so much stuff that could go in it. I'm thinking I will have no. I'll be anxious about the anxiety journal. <laughs> <laughs> well you don't want to add to your to-do list you know, yeah well sure. but uh for the listeners here i am gonna you know i'm gonna be transparent about this so over the next you know several podcasts you know we're gonna we're gonna be talking about some other things and uh you know when you're in the season of anxiety uh it is a great opportunity to learn something about yourself and um you know about your faith in God, about how you handle stuff and about what's really important and all that kind of stuff and about who you are and 
what you want to be about. Um, uh, I will say that, you know, when you're in that season of anxiety, don't waste it. Meaning, you know, don't just try to manage anxiety. You want to learn from it because, uh, it is teaching you something about you. You know, uh, why am I anxious about this and not that? Mm-hmm. And there's something inside of you that needs some work. And that it's a anxiety, actually, God uses anxiety to help reveal some things about us that, we, you know, again, I think I mentioned, it's kind of like a, when you're anxious, it's really like a red, the engine lights going off, you know, and it's saying, okay, something's not right here. We need it. We need to work on this. So, all right. Uh, well, Kate, thank you so much, uh, for joining me again. And, uh, uh, you know, this seems to be turning into the Kate and Jeff anxiety podcast. <laughs> and so, <laughs> which is, it is good. for a while. Yeah, it is for a while. So There's plenty uh, to cover. Yeah, it is. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening and hanging in there for an hour. And, uh, uh, uh next time we're going to be talking about another aspect of anxiety till next time. Thank you for listening. This has been Conversations. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to click subscribe and leave us a great review. And to find out more about Genesis Church, please visit www.genesisbegins.com.